Hey, babe, it's Paige. I'm so grateful you're here. This podcast audience of awesome women is growing with every episode, and I'm dying to connect with you personally. So if you'd like to chat, text the word pivot to my new number, 213-325-4600. There, you can enter your contact info and you'll immediately find helpful links for some one-on-one support in either getting organized or making your next pivot with confidence. Again, you can text the word pivot, P-I-V-O-T, to 213-325-4600. And that number will also be linked in all the show notes. Then we can start a conversation about how I can support you these days. I can't wait to talk to you soon and join forces because we are better together. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, I'm Paige Killian, founder and CEO of Everything With Style. I've built a business helping busy moms of littles get organized in three simple steps. Like many of my clients, I love being a mom and I also desire more. If you've ever felt that stirring in your heart, that whisper or really loud voice that keeps you up at night, then you are in the right place because this is not a solo mission. Whether you're a little curious or totally ready to be a mom, boss, and use your God-given gifts to serve others, step into your calling, turn your passions into purpose, and still make it to the carpool line on time, then girlfriend, it's time to pivot. I've got you, now let's get started. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Time to Pivot podcast. I am so fired up about this upcoming series where we are going to be talking with some amazing experts in many different fields of their expertise. And I am so thrilled to start off with the incredible, the incomparable, sausage dog loving, wonderful mom, BKS agency, literary genius, and my current friend, former editor, by the way, Jessica Killingly. I am so happy you're here. I have been dying for this interview for I don't know how long now. I like the fact that I'm a current friend. Like if this interview goes badly, I may get exed. We'll see how it's going to play out. You know, okay, you never I know. Be, I, me and Elvis, the sausage dog, will mm-hmm. be on our best behavior. I won't cuss. He won't bark. It'll all be good. Yes, I do have to share with you all that we somehow are a match made on earth and in heaven, as far as I'm concerned. The big joke is that when I started getting this feeling that I needed to write a book, I needed to put some thoughts and feelings that I was having about organization down on paper and possibly get it out into the world, that Jessica J. Kill, as I lovingly call her, and I'm P. Kill, by the way, of course, two killers, we're, you know, we have to be together. So the big joke is that I'm this Christian who, listen, if you know me in person, you know, I love Jesus and sometimes I cuss a little. Jessica loves to draw all the bombs all at the time that we're questioning, like, is this the right time? So yeah, she drops them so appropriately. And the timing is so perfect because she is all about lighting a fire under you. If you want to get something done, you need to work with this lady because you're going to get it done. I feel like I said something in one of your testimonials about like, 
a gentle butt kicking or something like that was you. It was like kind. There's nothing gentle about it. But no, this is true. So, but this this is this was our match. Was that you know, Paige is a very upstanding, loving Christian, and I'm a sweary atheist. And I was the one that was writing more Jesus, please, in the margin because that was I the irony. When she was drawing on her faith, even when she's talking about tidying up your pantry, the writing just sparkled, and that was what I wanted to get more out of her on. So yeah, I was. Um, as we, you know, we 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 communicated by '90s hip hop lyrics, Bible verses, and swearing. Yes, and, and somehow, that's how the book got written. Yeah, somehow it got written, and I'm really proud of it. Uh, and honestly, it just it wouldn't have come to be without you. I, I was trying to go back and think about how we originally met. I feel like it was maybe in like Rachel McMichael's. There was some sort of online. It, it, well, I think Rachel. I think Rachel McMichael Tech Barbie was the common thread. So yes, I think I think that is how that is how we met. Which so some some really wonderful online like business training and things like that. And then yes, yes. I love that and you then, just reminded me that we called her Tech Barbie. That was that's absolutely. We did actually get to meet in person because I did swing through LA in 2019 on my on my holidays, and we got to we got to hug in person. I got to see how short she is in real life. I am really short. I did wear some wedge heels because I was afraid she would realize how short I was and that I would have no authority whatsoever. This is, by the way, how I'm feeling with my daughter, who is now at eye level and she's 12. So, you know, of course, because I'm married to Donnie and he's a giant. So, of course, my children are going to be giants. So, uh, but yes, we did get to meet in person. And I know that we are family now because my son leaned over and took like a bite of vegetable off your plate and put it in his mouth. And we but we were like, okay, completely well, fine, completely fine, completely fine. And for the record, you are at like Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. So, you're oh, well, to, you listen, know. I will. I am really glad that I put you in the acknowledgments in the back of the book. Thank you for saying that. I'll pay you later. I appreciate. Yes. It. There's a place. There's a there's a place in there's a place in heaven for people who do that, and uh, and, 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 and an alternative place for people who don't. Oh my goodness! No, we listen. This is going to be something that we need to talk about right now because you did mention perfection. And here's what I want to know. If someone is considering, if they have these ideas swirling around in their head and they're considering putting it down on paper and writing a book and getting it out into the world, or if maybe they've never considered writing a book, but people are telling them the stuff that you're talking about or the stuff that you're teaching or the things that you have experience with, you need to write a book. I know that a lot of people have heard, you should write a book. You should write a book. I started hearing that as I was in people's homes and I was organizing for them and I didn't have everything figured out. Please. I still don't. No perfection here. It's really true. I'm not Mary Poppins. Okay. If you feel like you are, as you put it and speak more on this, a few steps ahead of somebody else and you feel like you have something to contribute and you feel like it is an opportunity for you to put this message into a book, how do you suggest somebody might get started with that? So I think the first thing that's really, really important is to be really honest with yourself. And if someone keeps saying to you, oh, you should really write a book, just check in and make sure that they're not just saying that just so that you'll stop talking to them and go away. Yeah. Just as a first little moment of, of like self-check-in. But joking, joking aside, one of the big mistakes that I see people making when they're starting to think about, and this is a non-fiction book, I think this is different if it's fiction, is 
that they they come to me with an idea. They, they they come to me with the book that they want to write, which is like, obviously, of course they would, and why shouldn't they? But ultimately, it's actually about the book that your reader needs to read. Mm. And so the first step is really working out, I have this idea for a book, who is going to benefit from that? Because every book solves a problem, even fiction, because it solves the problem of, you know, being bored. But every book solves a problem. And that's why we buy a book, because we want to know something, whether it's practical something about how to do something better in our lives or, you know, some get some comfort or education or, you know, sense of community. That book exists for the reader, not for the writer. And so, you know, people say, oh, I've always wanted to write a book. And it's like, yeah, that's not going to be the reason anyone's going to buy it, though. Nobody cares that you've always wanted to write a book. They're going to buy that book. You could do it for your own therapy, which it did turn out to be for me. But you're right. Is it for you, the author, or... Cool. Yeah, so that that is a whole other different kettle of fish, actually, which I think is a really important thing to say, because, you know, actually, sometimes if you want to write a book and you don't care if anybody ever reads it, like then brilliant, just knock yourself out, do it. It's very therapeutic. It's very cathartic. We talk a lot about, um, I think it was Elizabeth Gilbert, possibly that first said this about writing from the scar and not the wound. So yeah. if you if it's if it's to be read by other people, then that sort of processing and healing if that's relevant to the subject matter kind of needs to have happened but if you're writing it for yourself and only yourself then like let it be warts and all if it's only going to be you that's reading it let it be part of your healing journey and and you know all of that is is super super powerful but if you want it to be read by other people then it's really about how is this going to be helpful for somebody so often people come and say oh you know people always say to me I really want to write the story of my life and it's like nobody cares nobody's waking up in the morning and thinking wow I wonder what Paige was like in college right but when you can use your story to teach them something about themselves and you know Paige in college being really resilient and working however many jobs and starting to write plays and doing all of these things and you know still being able to fit into her kind of college hot pants sportswear that she can (laughs) that then becomes that then becomes something that is becomes relatable thing I always say is a story about you has to be a story about me and so often the sort of slight twist that I have to make with somebody when they come to me with a book idea is just helping them look at it from a slightly different angle and so nine times out of ten the book idea that you think you want to write isn't the book that you actually want to write or what isn't the book that you're actually going to write and so that first step of thinking about who your end reader is and writing it for them is probably the most important first thing that you can do. I will acknowledge that that often brings up a ton of fear because it's it's one thing to think about, I'm going to write a book and that in itself is scary anyway, but you know, I'm going to put, put these words down on the page. Once you start to now visualize another human being reading it, and seeking it out and paying money for it and it being something that they've bought because they think it's going to help them. That's a whole other like world of imposter syndrome that you've just opened a can of. And that I think is then why so many people say, I'm going to write a book, get all excited and then not do anything about it and sit on 10,000 words on their laptop for a very, very, very long time, not looking at anyone in particular. (laughs) mine did sit on my laptop for quite a while especially whenever you were telling me that I needed to come really clean with 
a part of a chapter that I was really struggling with. You remember Legos in the bedroom? I, I will never forget. Like Legos in the bedroom is burned into my brain because I knew that like we needed to take you to a place that, again, it's not about so much the facts of what's going on for you. It's not like, you know, sometimes people talk to me about like, oh, they want to write about difficult family relationships or, you know, but like they're worried about the other person. And it's almost not so much about the facts. It's about what you went through. How did you help yourself get through that? How, what are you thinking? What are you feeling in that moment? How did you navigate that situation? Because that is the gold dust that someone can learn from because they aren't going to have the exact same problem as you the way that you approach the solution to that problem will be the thing that's incredibly relatable. And so that is the moment when you, you are using your story to sort of teach someone something about their story. And that is incredibly powerful when you're able to do that. I could not agree more. I absolutely agree. And you actually gave me, well, you gave me lots of great advice along the way, but you gave me some advice, honestly, from one mom to another, because I had really, really littles whenever I first started writing, which I want to say was in 2017, I think, which feels like another lifetime ago, certainly another pandemic ago. And you said to me, you are not going to be, you know, it's not like an Ernest Hemingway moment where I'm going to get to go off to a cabin and write beautifully for months at a time or go to the Ritz Carlton. Although I do joke and I talk about hotel heaven and how I did book a night at the Ritz Carlton one night in Pasadena so that I could get away and experience a little bit outside of my family and do some writing and some quiet time. But you said to me, go out and live your life. Because if you are truly talking about a book that is going to reach those busy moms of littles, they want to know that you wrote this in the middle of being a busy mom with littles. They want to know that they can relate to you and connect to you. And they want to feel your struggles because they are their struggles. You don't want to be this person who's up on a pedestal. Who's like, you're disorganized. I'm organized. I'm going to tell you how to get organized in three simple steps and then hope your life is better. Bye-bye. Hope you buy all my books and give them to all your friends. That was never going to happen. And the advice you gave me was so great. You said, go out and live your life. You're going to get inspiration from your life and you're going to bring that back and your, your mind's going to be spinning. I can't tell you how many times I was at a cafe and I grabbed a napkin and I jotted things down because my kid did something that felt like a parallel for why we needed to get organized in some way. And, and then there was, you know, this internal struggle that I was having with something going on in my marriage and parenting and it would be one o'clock in the morning and I would jump out of my bed and I would jump on my laptop and I would write this stuff down. And you encouraged me to take messy action. You encouraged me to live in the discomfort and write about it. And again, as you said, bring my faith in because that's just authentically me. I have on a trust God bracelet as we speak. Um, it's authentically me. And you were like, more Jesus, more 90s hip hop references, because I know you love that page. And you just kept encouraging me to live my life as I was writing, not just disappear somewhere and take this expertise and put it down on paper and hope that somebody would buy it because it wasn't going to happen that way. And I think that's well, thank you for that. It sounds like the sort of smart thing I would say. But I, but the, <laughs> the, the thing that the thing that I remember from working with you on that Aside from the fact that I tell you what else should have been in the acknowledgements was thanks for all of the um, Starbucks Wi-Fi that you mooched from parking lots while we were on calls. 
I really absolutely should have. I do think in Facebook Lives, I thanked Starbucks each day because I would be sitting there because I couldn't drive to my kids' school parking lot because we didn't have service. And so, yes, I do think on Facebook Lives, I acknowledged that I was bumming all the Starbucks Wi-Fi. Yes, but and not in the book. Part, right. That's part of the taking messy action and just kind of getting it done. But I think I remember, you know, one of the things that like, one of the things I love when I'm working with somebody, if I'm working with them one-to-one, that I can, like, I can talk to you And, you know, that's how we also became really good friends because, you know, I'm talking to you about your life and things that you maybe wouldn't occur to put into the book Mm -hmm. of being able to show you, but no, this is the thing. And I I am, of course, thinking about you eating your breakfast off the garage floor. (gasps) You still remember that story when I flipped my bacon with cream cheese upside down, landed on the ground. And I was like, you know what? I have to get some sort of food into my body because I have a long day and I've got to go to work after I get off of the other work. So I'm going to pick this up. I looked at it. I blew it off and then I scarfed it down and I, it was delicious. Which is exactly the point of the book really in a way, because it's like, it's, it's about taking imperfect action and, you know, being living the hot mess express thing, but still taking pride in you know you were taking care of yourself and you were taking care of your commitments and I would be willing to bet that your garage floor is the kind of garage where you can eat food off anyway but that was it was such a put to me hearing that story was such a perfect example of your very philosophy that I was like that's the thing that needs to go in the book and so I think sometimes people are kind of surprised that the story comes to them in like it's not this sanitized version they think they're going to sort of tell this kind of story but it's actually the bits around the edges where you give yourself permission to kind of lean into that as you did. And, you know, my, my, my gratitude to you is that you kind of trusted me to let me take you on that journey and tease that m- more out of you. And, you know, joking aside on the Legos in the bedroom of, you know, take you to a place where it was a bit more vulnerable and occasionally a bit more uh, personal, but knowing that we were always doing that within, like it was uncomfortable, but always, but never to the point where it would be, I would, you know, stressful. And it was always within the importance of the message of your faith inside it, which then kind of, you know, became the heart of the book. And that, and that was the beating heart of the book of, of how you, when I, when talking to you about it and realizing that, you know, the reason that being, organized and tidy and all of those things isn't just about having tidy shelves it really spoke to your core values as how you show up as a human how you show up as a mother as a wife as a neighbor as a christian as a teacher as an organize all those things and that was what's so powerful and so to find those stories and some of them were very very funny like eating cream cheese off the floor yes and some of them were you know some of them like there was a time when the when i i can't remember whether it was duke or isabel that locked themselves in the car Duke on Christmas Day locked right, and and that like that those are kind of those those were sort of scary scary moments. Like I I still remember these stories like five years later from having what you know that they're all in my head. I think I have to say I I feel absolutely honored that you are actually bringing up these stories, and uh, this is a perfect pitch for my book. Thank you very much. I appreciate that so much. Oh, I mean, you you if you have, I'm sure everyone who was listening to this has already read this book because they must know like adore you, but this is. Do you know, it was a, such a joy to, I mean, it was a joy to work on because you're a beautiful writer. And you, I know you, I always talk about how your first draft is going to be a mess. And, you know, I said to you one day, well, except yours yours wasn't. And you were like, you clung to that badge of honor. And your your first draft was very clean. But where we got you to was just a kind of more expanded version of it. But it was such, it was such a joy to work on for me because of watching how it, how you flourished 
And it was so funny because we were talking before we came on air and you were talking about all the speaking that you're doing now. And I can remember I was on holiday in in the on this on the coast in the UK and we were just sort of doing to and fro's of what, deciding whether or not to work with me and all of that kind of stuff. And I had this vision of where I could see where you were going to go. It was immediately clear to me where you were going, what you were going to be doing in five years time. You believed and, in me before I believed in me. And I was always this down. I was like, how does she, how could she even know that? I mean, it was obvious to me. It was absolutely obvious to me, but that's the things that we can't always see that about ourselves. And I think that's so interesting when you, you know, when you're talking about pivoting, it's that moment, I think, when someone can see something in you and I could see that's where you were going and so it's so funny when you describe what you're doing now because I'm like yep tick 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 I called it all but the pivot comes when you start to see it for yourself and I think it'll be really you know when you look at what your pivot has now been it's that glimmer of like oh this now hits different inside and maybe actually these things that you know somebody said about me I can now see that that's do we hear your hi gold family you're well versed in how to deal with the sausage dog barking exactly you guys have to know that uh before we started this podcast recording you mentioned that the old sausage dog named elvis by the way which this memphis girl totally approves of might be barking and i said no this is perfect because i have the most amazing editors and you know them you know the people at the podcast boutique shout out to liam and uh, even i've mentioned to you I was having headphone issues and I've just scrapped the headphones completely because they were like ticking and screaming in my ears. And I'm like, what is going on on the day when I have three podcast episodes to record? Why is this happening? And I said, you know what? Let's just keep it real. That's how we are here. And by the way, when we're taking messy action and we are in the middle of a pivot, it is going to be a disaster sometimes. And you got to keep pushing through. Podcast boutique have their own residence sausage dog. Hello, Frank. That's right. They do. They'll be well versed in dealing with Elvis, who is um he What's has he has his thoughts on tidying up. <laughs> um anyway, yes, pivoting. So when you start when you start to see that inside of yourself, that's I think the that glimmer of like, oh, maybe this is now when I need to start looking at doing something slightly different. Mm. And sometimes it takes other people who are around you, like you say, and I and I and I'm I'm so glad to hear you say that because I do like to be the person when I'm working with somebody that's like, I'm gonna believe in you and your ability to do it before you're ready to do that for yourself. And you are honestly the gift that keeps on giving because now that I've accomplished the book and the book is in the world, the fact that we had that interaction together makes me feel like I can actually do more. I can accomplish other hard things. I can lean into the scariness and the unknown and the uncertainty because I did do this big, hard thing. It turned out really well. You never know if it's going to turn out well. You got to take a chance. You don't want to be the person who regrets taking a risk because it might not work out well. Because a lot of times the lesson is actually in all of the messiness. It's not in the tidiness. And That is something that I learned from you so long ago. Not only was I able to put these thoughts and feelings into a book and have that serve others, which really was my goal. I was going through some tough stuff and I found the organization and the way that I was working through these things and asking for help was a pivotal part of my life. And I knew that that could help other people because it it really worked for me. I now have been able to take the lessons that I learned with you in writing a book and apply them to other parts of my life. 
And that has been a gift. And I'm so grateful for you. Well, that that's lovely to hear. And I, you know, the magic in writing a book is never, it's never just about the book. And, you know, for me, book coaching is just, co- it's just coaching by stealth. You know, I, I, I separate book coaching in my mind from regular coaching in air quotes, because to me, book coaching is working actually on the text with somebody and it's actually more mentorship and teaching and sort of saying okay this is how we do it which isn't really what coaching is but there is an enormous amount of actual coaching in what I do because I think I think the two important takeaways from that are it's sort of to do with your relationship with yourself and if you keep saying to yourself I really want to write a book and then never doing it because it's difficult and it's hard you are kind you are sending that message to yourself that like i'm like i'm not i don't have my own back i don't i'm not kind of in integrity with myself of saying i want to do this thing and then not doing it and it's not that's not something that you should judge yourself for because you should meet yourself with absolute unconditional love always but it it's you know it does start to you know when you are able to sit in the discomfort of doing something then that's kind of when some magic happens because you start to see what you're capable of and the thing that I often talk about around confidence, for example, like nobody starts out writing a book thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be amazing. And I, and I say nobody, and I'm talking about people who have written 10 books. Everyone starts the 11th one going, this is going to be an absolute dumpster fire. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many times you've done it, you're still, you're still worried. But, you know, confidence comes not from thinking, oh, I've got this, I can do this. It comes from thinking, I'm going to be okay if I try and fail. And knowing that you'll be okay if you don't do it. And the thing is that you, can, you can't you can ever find that out for yourself if you don't take the steps. If you don't take the steps and, and mess it up, then you, then you never know. And we think that we're protecting ourselves by saying, oh, well, I don't want to try because then if I fail. But the win coming from trying, regardless of whether you fail or win, you succeed, is so much greater in terms of how we see ourselves and our sense of self-worth and our self-identity. And that really is, for me, like the magic in the book is obviously brilliant because the people who read it are hugely inspired and and forever changed by it. But it forever changes you as an individual because it changes your self-concept of what you are capable of. And, you know, that it's lovely that you say it's the gift that keeps on giving because that's how I kind of see it. Because, you know, writing a book is hard in some places and times. It's never going to be, you're going to throw your laptop in the sea at some point. But coming out the other side of it and dealing with the messiness of it and remembering to be really, really proud of yourself when you've done it, because that's the other thing is like, and I'm very, I hold my hand up to being really like, okay, what's next? And not taking that time to sit in the celebration of it. Those are brilliant things to just sort of do for yourself, for your own kind of personal growth. Hey, quick reminder, you can now get my book in four different ways. Head over to Amazon and search up I've Got You Girlfriend. The subtitle is Why Getting Organized and Living This Mom Life is Not a Solo Mission. You can find it there on e-reader. That's through the Kindle app, paperback, hardcover, and the audiobook. So if you're enjoying this podcast, I have a feeling you may love the audiobook. Again, it's called I've Got You Girlfriend. Why Getting Organized and Living This Mom Life is Not a Solo Mission. Thanks so much for making it a bestseller and back to the show. So hearing you talking about how book coaching and another type of coaching is different, I would actually love for you to talk now about what you are doing and how you are pivoting 
in your business and what it is that you're working on these days, because you aren't doing the type of book coaching that you were doing with me. I wanted people to hear from you, who was such a great source of strength and encouragement for me. I wanted them to hear how you can actually start writing that book. And when you're coming up against writer's block, getting out into the world. And for me, by the way, I even talk about like getting 1% better. And I talk about how some days the way that I was able to write the book was simply to just open my laptop. If I committed to opening my laptop and sitting down in front of it, I automatically was getting some things written. Sometimes they were big, huge chapters or two. Other times it was just deciding what I wanted to write about and do a little brainstorming. Either way, it was helpful for me to just shoot for that 1% better. I didn't get so overwhelmed. So you really, I feel it kept me on track when that writer's block would come up. So there was a lot of that type of coaching where we work together. Please now talk about what you're doing these days, what type of coaching you're doing, how you have kind of made this pivot in your life and why you feel like that could be relevant in serving your clients at this point. I will do. I'm just going to quickly address, if I can, the thing about writer's block, though, because I sure. think it was really interesting what you what you said there, because there are there are sort of two sides to that coin. And like the, I love the one percent thing. And it's so, so true. It's like it's like going to bed, but putting your gym kit out next to yes. your bed. So in the prepping, morning, it's just that. Prepping, it's yeah. Prepping at the night before. So exactly that you're that. ready. Yes. And so just to say that quickly, there, there's all, there, are, there are two ways of tackling that because there, is, there, there are technical, practical ways in which when you're planning a book and you're outlining it and you're getting your, all your material ready so that when, you're, when you sit down to a writing session, you always kind of have something to do. So that, that's like technical. When I talk about book coaching, that's a sort, some of the sort of practical things. But the other thing about writer's block, which I think does speak to more of the kind of like the life coaching, mindset coaching that I also do. You know, it's it's about understanding, and this this applies to anything that you're procrastinating over. Really, is to is to understand, to to be sit and be kind to yourself about why, rather than beating yourself up about like, oh my god, I'm procrastinating, and oh here I am watching Netflix again, or I'm you know on Instagram, is to take the time to sit and listen to yourself as to why you're doing it, because you are doing it because you know you're telling yourself, oh I don't have any ideas, but actually what's underneath that is the kind of fear of what happens when you keep digging a little bit deeper. And when you actually allow yourself to be like, yeah, it's going to be scary. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that somebody might say it's going to be rubbish and that you, you allow yourself to actually tease through that. That means that you can sort of, when you sit down to do something that you don't really want to do, you can meet that, your, your brain is going to be like, I don't want to do this. And, and you can be like, yes, thanks, brain. I know this is uncomfortable. I know why we're doing this, but we're just going to like, you know, let's just write 10 words and that 1% thing. But it's it's sort of understanding that procrastination, that writer's block is serving a purpose. It's kind of keeping you safe from something. And so when you work out what that is, and it's not going to magically disappear, but it can start to help you kind of move through it with a bit more compassion for yourself. Anyway, that was that. What am I doing now? So my, I, I suppose I've kind of had a sort of bookended pivot, if you'll forgive the book related analogy. I love the, I love the pun. Here we go. I had an, I had an original pivot, which was when I left corporate, I'd spent 20 years working in the publishing industry. And I left around the time that my, my, my son started school 
just to kind of like shake, you know, how, how do you manage all of that? And so that was when I started not one, but two businesses. I first of all started my own coaching practice. And so I also started uh, our literary agency with two friends of mine and former colleagues. We'd all worked together in publishing. And so for the last kind of six or seven years, I've run those in tandem and we were all kind of doing other things. So I, so I had this pivot from being in corporate to being not, a one but two business running entrepreneur which like the idea that I would be a serial entrepreneur is kind of like weird and never thought that was going to happen and so that's what I've been doing for the last sort of six or seven years and it's been amazing and wonderful and awful and scary and hilarious and profitable and depressing and all like just the absolute whole ragtag bag of what being an entrepreneur is like so as I said, within the literary agency, all three of us sort of do ha- do sort of other things as well. One of them, one of my partners is a CEO in a in a PR comms agency. And so in 2021, we actually merged our agency, our literary agency within the, the kind of PR agency to kind of give us a little umbrella that allowed us to be able to take on some staff and all those sorts of things. And so we've been doing it kind of progressively it's been growing the agency's been growing you know as I've been running my business I also master certified as a as a life coach as well so I've been doing that for the last two years you know just that small thing that you decide to take on as an extra thing because you get up in the morning and it was full on uh, but worth every minute and so literally literally just in the last few months we've kind of collectively it was sort of a collective decision but going in 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 tandem with me really thinking about, you know, what do I want to be doing in five or 10 years? You know, we spoke earlier about like me being able to see your direction of travel. And for me, that was obvious, but it's hard to be able to do it for ourselves. You know, but I did stop and think about what kind of an agent do I want to be? Am I, am I giving the time that I want to be? Am I, am I moving in the direction of travel? What, what do I want to be doing in five or 10 years? And, you know, the realization that actually for me, the agency is the main thing and so i've literally just decided we we've collected just that i'm going to step in as the as the managing director of the agency and run it on a day-to-day basis which is like incredibly exciting slightly terrifying so i am now not doing book coaching i'm literally just wrapping up with my last few clients i am always going to do one-to-one like mindset personal life coaching i would never like if i was a billionaire living on an island in wherever it is a glamorous place to live on an island I would still be doing life coaching with people because it's it your is something I love it more than anything just sitting with people I tend to work with kind of um high like high achieving women who are you know really like smashing it in one area of their life and then are like wait a minute why isn't every part of my life like this and the kind of dissonance that sometimes creates and it's like let's just sit and look at your brain because you have a normal human brain and it's like throwing up all these roadblocks so let's I love doing that so the agency is my is my main like I feel a bit like oh my god have I got a job again look at you working I'm still I'm still very I'm still very much like nobody knows where I am I like to be mysterious yes you're still down like with your head down I think you're going to be amazing in this role and to be perfectly honest I mean I can see that this is going to be something that you thrive in. You're an incredible leader. People trust you. You give great advice. You give sound, thoughtful advice. And you also are coming from a place of service, which is always something that's been important to me. I feel like you come from a place of service. It feels 
to me, like you are a person who that just lights your soul on fire and you're meant to do it. Yeah. And it's funny because I think it's like, if you'd said that to me 10 years ago, maybe even five years ago, I would have been like, mm, I don't know, am I? Mm, whatever. And, and it, and it takes time. I think this is the thing, like, you know, sometimes pivots can feel like the moment, the work of a moment, like you just have this split second decision, but often they are the product of kind of years of things bubbling under. And there may be one catalyst that finally switches it, but there is work to do. And I think I had to do some work around some other stuff to kind of clear, clear away the clutter. Like it's all that's, you know, your, your words are never too far away, but you know, clear the clutter to see the blessings. I mean, that is literally actually what I mean, she's in heaven now that I'm literally verbatim quoting her book back to her. This is li- li- this is her idea. Of- I'm geeking out. I'm geek. I'm trying not to step on your words because they're all so good. But I am geeking out that you are literally pulling lines, actual lines. This, this is the bit book. that's going to make the marketing cut, isn't it? Like where I'm. <laughs> Absolutely. Where you know, I mentioned that I mentioned that there was going to be a one minute clip that we put out there, and you're like, really? I just got off my Peloton. You're going to put me on video now? But no. Now so many great. Uh, things are happening in this episode. I'm just going to have you all over like my book page on my website. And Jessica said this about the book. And Jessica said this too. Thank you very much. But here's the thing, you guys, this is the true testament. When Jessica is in it with you, she is in it all the way. And then that just makes absolute sense that you would be doing what you're doing now and that you would never stop with the coaching because it's so innately you and you really do walk alongside the author or whomever you're going to be helping now you walk alongside them and make them feel like you are a hundred percent in it with them. And I, you know, I still see everything sort of is still very kind of woven together. And, you know, I realized that, you know, what excites me about stepping fully into the agency is I'm still working with authors, but there's also, you know, there's a business now, you know, there's a business to grow and it's, it's, it's very, you know, the, the agency is, we're still, it's the sort of thing we've been doing it for five years and it still feels like it's still very, very new. It's like, I can see that there's going to be, you know, it's one of those things that sort of takes time to, to bed in. At the same time, I have no doubt, like I'm about to turn 50 and I have no doubt that in, in a decade, what we're doing within the agency, what we're doing within publishing is going to be unrecognizable. I think we're going to see a, a, a pace of change. You know, AI is obviously going to affect things a lot. and And that really excites me. Like the idea of, moving the agency through that period of change and then over the next 10 years and beyond like that that feels like a really cool exciting thing to be doing and to be bringing authors along with it and to be bringing you know the majority of the books that I work on are non-fiction because you know I, like books books change people's lives and you know they help us with with so many things and I and I'm really passionate about that but I have actually also started to come back into fiction a lot as well because you know it's it's um it's just everything. So, so that feels very exciting. And, you know, I still have my, like, I still have my program that I have a, a kind of literally, I created, you know, over the last six years, my, 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 my crowning jewel, my life's work of the last six years was creating authority blueprint because I wanted to be able to bring exactly that, you know, when you're saying, well, where should people start that step-by-step thing that walks them through the process from the, Oh my goodness, I have just this first idea. Do I even know if it's right? Right. all the way through to okay the books came out today now what do I do like how do I keep it selling so that it's like a year after the book has come out am I still doing the thing 
because I've worked in the industry for so long and I have the, you know, the 30 foot thousand view of every single part of the process, particularly the marketing and publicity part at the end, because that was what I was doing when I was in house. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to sort of pour all of that in. And, you know, I essentially wrote it as if I were writing a book so that I could use the thing as a sort of a vehicle for teaching in itself. So I do know the pain of sitting down and writing 60,000 words um, that, ha- that have to be in some coherent order. Um, because I, I I've lived it myself. So absolutely, and you I mean again you were there every step of the way with me. I remember when you told me the type of word count that we needed to be looking at, and I think originally it was something like fifty thousand, and I was like, I don't know that I could ever do something like that. And I think we ended up having to go in and cut mine because oh, yeah, there was never any doubt for me. I was like, this this is the woman that will like you get you get ten ten one minute audios from like on your on your ims i was like word count will not be a problem for you (laughs) that's why i had to start a podcast because there were so many things to say i couldn't just it wasn't just a one and done so much gold like this is why we you know do you know what it's funny actually because my i suppose my like my hunch is like I, i will see somebody i will come across somebody online or i'll meet and i'm like there just needs to be more of you in the world and that's my that's my kind of like hunch on somebody. And you know, you're one of those people. I met you, and I'm like, there just needs to be more page in the world. Oh my um, goodness, that's like wow. you know, that, when you know that somebody has got something to say in a way that really resonates with people and, and helps people. And that and that's my yeah. And when I know, like, yeah, there's you, we need to have more of you in the world. That's that's my that's how I that's my spidey sense. Gosh, thanks for saying that. You know, it looks like now I'm excited to hear you say you're excited for what's coming with publishing and that type of industry, because I feel like I've got another book in me, which you told me years ago, Paige, you do not just have one book in you. I know that there is more to come. And certainly as there is now a new podcast, now there is a new book underway. I have been sort of what writing. Can I say? I am, I am always right. Well, I mean, if that's not a mic drop moment, let's make sure we put that into an audio. I mean, I'm I'm obviously, I'm obviously joking. I actually, I love being. I'm not. I'm wrong about lots of stuff, like owning a dog. For one, I was like, why would anyone want a dog? But no, I do have lots of testimonials that just say Jessica is always right. Just do what she tells you, which is which is bad, probably quite bad for my ego. But no, I am. I'm wrong about a lot of things. Yes, but but when it comes to other people and their books, Uh not so much. I was going to say, I, I feel like you are spot on when it comes. And listen, is that not exactly the person that we're reaching today or multiple people who are reaching mm-hmm. today? You need to know that you are the person in your field with your expertise. There needs to be more of you in the world. If you keep feeling like there is something on your heart that you cannot shut off, find an amazing mentor, find the people that you need to help you get to the next level with this. Because if you can't shut your brain off and you can't stop thinking about this thing, you were meant to do it. And you may not know how to do it without other people. So bringing in experts, I'm so grateful that you were someone who just, I'm going to say, God dropped in my life. He really did bring you to me at the right time. And I was so open to the way that you coached, the way that you served, the way that you helped. And you tapped in to my brain. I love that you said that about when you're working with people, you say, hold on, let's dial it back a second. And let's talk about how your brain works, because it's it's giving you clues as to why maybe one of these areas in your life is not doing well and you're soaring in another. 
and for you to bring in the brain stuff and really call things out that we need to see that maybe we can't see. I really loved that part of working with you. It was certainly the kick in the pants that I needed on multiple occasions. And like I said, you are the gift that keeps on giving because here I am now, all these years later talking about, I think I might have another book in me and you did call it and you were right. And let's see how it goes. I'm just trying to wrangle you back into book coaching just for me, but you we'll know, see. I'm, I'm, I'm always, I'm always at home to uh, mouse ears and mug wine. The mouse ears and the drinking wine out of a mug. I have the photo on my wall. I'm looking at the photo right now. No, you don't. Oh, okay, wait. Bad we have to explain what we're talking about right now. I cannot believe you still have that photo. Oh, she's getting up to get it. Okay, let me tell you guys. I reached out to Jessica in you know, I think this was Legos in the bedroom time when I was writing Legos in the bedroom, that chapter in my book. And I was really struggling. Oh my goodness. It is like a life-size photo. That's the same. She just pulled this photo up. It is a giant photo of me in mouse ears. This is like my daughter's Disney Mickey Mouse ears and a mug that has wine in it because I reached out to her and I said, Jessica, I am so stuck. I am struggling. A lot of these other chapters came to me. I don't want to say easily, but there was a flow to it and I am stuck. And she was like, listen, you and everybody else. Okay. Anybody who wants to try and write a book, there's going to be times that this is going to come up. And what did you tell me? Well, some, sometimes it's about working, doing the thought work on imposter syndrome and all of that. Sometimes it's about putting some mouses on and drinking some wine. Yes. Out of a mug. There is a, there is a prescription for every Thing that ails you and sometimes it's mouses and wine in a mug there is something about that physical silly thing that you told me to do that jump start it's like it pulled me out of my head i was so in my head i'm always in my head i need to get out of my head and let the words get down on paper or whatever that next thing is that i'm working on let it happen naturally um and for me i feel like god's got a plan if i'm going to be totally derailed it's going to be because I wasn't supposed to do this one thing this way that I thought I was when I had it all in my head. It's because I was meant to get pulled out of this, whether by swear words or uh, <laughs> loving swear words at the appropriate time or mouse ears and drinking wine out of a mug. But you pull people out of the stuckness and you get us into the messy action, which if you're working with you oftentimes ends up being something beautiful in the end. And I could not be more grateful for you being on that journey with me. It's meant everything. And uh, my life has changed for the better knowing you. Oh, thank you. Well, this is why I keep this photo, literally life-size photo of you on my wall next to my desk, because I, that that's exactly what I need to remind myself of. It's so incredibly good. I'm going to take a photo. So it's just right the now. most beautiful photo of you as well. You just look so cute. Well, which is hilarious because I was like, how do I make this a black and white photo to hide the bags under my eyes from not sleeping because I want to get this book written, but I'm also a mom and I'm also teaching second grade at the time and also doing all of these things. And I was like, we're going to switch it to black and white and I'll send the photo over to her of me. In mouse ears drinking wine from the but that's such a good point because like so many people are like i haven't got time to write a book mm. and it's like no you haven't got a compelling enough reason to make the time and and the time thing is this is normally when i start swearing the time thing is not a real reason the time thing is fear and it's completely normal but it's just own that because if you've been saying for a really long time i want to write a book 
you like stop saying it if you have because otherwise just you're not going to but it's it's never going to there's never going to be enough time there's never going to be you're never going to suddenly have this like six month window open up in your calendar where you think oh I can go and have a cabin in the woods now you, you do it messy the, you do it in the Starbucks parking lot mooching off their wi-fi absolutely and you're that's better for it yeah that's how it gets written Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I could go on and on for hours with you. I do believe that we have driven this point home, which is that if you've got something in your heart constantly that you're thinking about and you feel like writing a book is your next step, lean into it, find somebody who can help you with that. Tell me. I will loop back to where we started, which is this idea that you only need to be a few steps ahead. You don't need to be the expert. You don't need to have all the answers. You don't need to have finished your own story. You don't need to be at the end of your journey. You just need to be a few steps ahead from the people that you're helping. And this book is you reaching your hand back to help them do something a bit easier or a bit quicker than 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 you had to do. And they learn from what you learn. And that and that's all, you know, the the imposter syndrome that kicks in of like, but who am I to write this book? Who am I to tell this story? who are you not to we need your story and we need your voice and we need your unique way you know just like I was I was the messenger that you needed with all my swearing and what have you you know you are the messenger that someone out there needs and they won't ever get they won't ever get that if you don't sit in the discomfort and just try and just see where it will take you and and believe in yourself and have your own Absolutely. Tell everyone where they can find you if they want to follow along with what you're doing, reach out to you, have some help from you. Yeah, the best place is Instagram, Jessica Killingly at Instagram. Um, You can see what Elvis looks like. He's a regular guest star of my Instagram stories. I have my own podcast, which is called The Authority Show, which is pathetic, shall we say. We haven't had any episodes for a while. There are some episodes planning, um, but I'm trying to get myself like into the groove of my new uh, job role and then we'll see where we go. But I'm going to carry on doing it because I'm going to carry on talking about books and publishing. Um, and I do have the um, the authority blueprint. So if you want like a self-study course, that's just going to take you from nuts to soup, uh, soup to nuts. Sorry. That's okay. We could just flip flop it. You can call it whatever yeah, you want. You know, if you, it's, it's, it's put it this way. It's a meal that's classier than bagel scraped off the floor. That's Listen, the most important I, thing to take away. I am. Um, I'm transparent and I just want to let you know how I eat my bagel. It is off the garage. She's actually incredibly bougie. Like this is why I'm bringing this up because she is incredibly bougie and incredibly chic. And she's always drinking beautiful smoothies and having expertly diced veggies and things like that. So this is why I like to, you know, I'm keeping you real. Thank you for keeping me real. Um, Sometimes these days it's more of like tequila when I'm like gripping the, how about tequila in a mug these days? Well, listen, that that's yeah that's for your later editing stage that's when things are really, that's that's when things are yeah, absolutely uh but the good news is that my isabel is a whiz in the kitchen now and so she's making those beautiful smoothies so i get to have those and i thought you i thought you were saying she was doing the tequila pours no, so a- no not quite yet although she will be fun when happy hours are a possibility but nope nope not for years well, another decade yeah. and then you can uh, and then she can learn you can teach her everything you know Oh my gosh. Yes. Ooh, suddenly flashbacks to college. Okay. Moving on. I feel like this is a good place to go. Uh, yes. just killingly, this I, is where I always take things. This is how yeah, exactly. we'll, we'll get off of this call and we'll continue laughing about inappropriate things. Okay. But truly 
check Jessica out on her podcast. I still go back and listen to it. I find so much value in it. And I know that I'm going to be circling back to a lot of your teachings as I am working on book two. So thank you again. Well, make sure you have the authority blueprint because that's going to be the thing that will walk you through it. But listen, congratulations to you. I mean, not congratulations because the book has been out for a super long time, but you know, you did it. We did it. You did it. You got it. You got it done. You got it out there. You got it selling beautifully you've you've done and not just the book all the other things podcasts brilliantly successful podcasts speaking all of those things you made them all happen and I'm incredibly proud and incredibly honored to have been a little part on the journey and helping it happen thank you so much I'm very grateful as well all right you guys check out all of the show notes uh the links that I'm going to have in there and find yourself a Jessica Killingly because she's the best thank you so much my friend for being on here And I will talk to you very soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Time to Pivot podcast. If it was helpful for you, I'd love for you to head over to Apple Podcast, hit that fifth star and write a review. Want to book me to speak at your next event or work with me one-on-one to get clarity around your gifts, how to serve others, and go from stuck and stressed to focused and fulfilled? Reach out on the contact page at everythingwithstyle.com and connect with me on social at everythingwithstylemom. Thanks again for listening and sharing the podcast. And mom boss, remember this. Your gifts are meant to be shared. Don't keep them to yourself and stay in your comfort zone. This is your time to pivot. Pivot.